Thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Hyam. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud to get it automatically. If you like the Stitcher app, you can find it there as well. It would be really cool if you rate it five stars and leave a review on whichever platform you choose. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. Follow along on Twitter at myfirstsketch. Head to myfirstsketch.com where I'll post any of the videos that we talk about on today's episode to give you a little more context. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, feel free to email me at josh at myfirstsketch.com and I'll get back to you when I can. So I delayed this episode by a day not to get a jump on my 2019 episode count but because I am proud to announce that Philly Sketchfest will take place between May 29th and June 2nd, 2019. The fourth annual Sketch Comedy Film Festival is back. Four nights of live comedy. We're celebrating comedy here in Philadelphia. I'll be telling you about it every week until we get there. And now that I've said that, the submissions are open for the 2019 Philly Sketch Fest. I've made it easy for you. To submit your live act, just type myfirstsketch.com slash apply into your Netscape browser. If you want to submit a short film or a video piece for the annual film festival, you can head to myfirstsketch.com slash film. And if you want to be a super awesome person and volunteer, head to myfirstsketch.com slash volunteer. A couple of months ago, I went up to the People's Improv Theater in New York to see some shows during their NYC Sketchfest. One of those shows was a duo act called The Parent Trap, The Lord of the Twins Trilogy, which was a retelling of the mid-90s Lindsay Lohan version of The Parent Trap with elements of the Tolkien books mixed in. So today's guest is Nicole Pascaretta, one of the creators of The Parent Trap, The Lord of the Twins Trilogy. Her first sketch is called Son, Be My Son. Nicole reads as Skylar, the young son of a son, and I read Stuart, the father of the young son. So let's go to the sketch. Lights up. Dim on in outer space. In the background is a sea of twinkling stars in a black night sky. Focus on Stuar and Skylar, his son, having a conversation about taking a new role in the solar system. Dad, what are you doing here? You're jazzing my orbit. We need to talk. Maybe you should lay off the snacks, old man. You're getting huge. I've become a red giant. I'm dying. I don't know how that's supposed to make me feel. Son? Stop calling me son. I told you to call me Starman. I wasn't calling you son, but son. Not not the son you want me to be. My only hope is that one day you'll settle down, have a few planets, start a solar system of your own. Cheese craters, Dad! I can't handle that kind of responsibility! I'm practically flunking out of cosmosology school! It's meant to be. I can't be trusted to rise each morning and set each night. I'm not a freaking clock, Dad! Skylar, I know you're disappointed about not making Orion's belt. Whatever. 
constellations are just dumb righteous clicks. Son. Besides, I'm in a band now. We're a kick-ass cluster. We're, we're talking about the Black Star, right? Yes, and we've been playing a lot of gigs lately. Son, there's no sound in space. You have never believed in me. Skylar, you come from a great line of stars. Your great-great-grand stars' nucleic atoms of light, of light elements are squeezed with... We're squeezed with enough pressure to undergo fusion and create all of us. You always say that. It's true. I always knew that you would be brighter than the rest. Bright? I'm in a black hole. I see myself in you, Skylar. I was lost in space, not knowing my role in the universe. Stuart spins in a circle, spewing fire and becoming a shade dimmer. I will always be with you. We share the same gases. You won't be able to see me, but I'll be there. I love you, Dad. I love you, Starman. The Stuart experiences another fire loss and burns off and dies. I am the sun! Skylar takes a deep breath and begins his new role as the sun, looking around, putting the planets in line. Hey, fella, what do you, where do you think you're going? Little one, get him back. Pluto, you won't be forgotten. You with the rings, you'll be six in line. Come on, get along, little doggies. <laughs> and lights. Hey, Nicole. Hi. All right, so tell me about this sketch. Tell me about your uh, the suns. All right, so I my first sketch experience really. Um, I took a sketch class at the Planet Ant Theater in Hamtramck, um, in Michigan, and there we had different assignments like write a satire sketch, write um, you know like write a fantasy sketch, write um, a true to life sketch, and. This sketch, I forget what category it goes under. Um, probably like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I could look it I would, up. I would say probably fantasy. Yeah, fantasy, right? Like, oh, I guess this couldn't Maybe. happen. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not true to life. All right. Um, I didn't experience this one, but. Um, not much satire to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fantasy. Um, and so. Yeah, I I kind of thought it was like uh, someone once told me that there's only 10 stories ever told. And this is kind of like the story of like the father telling their son, like, you got to like, like, I'm I'm dying and you got to take my role in this um, s solar system type thing. And he's not ready for it. He's young, you know, like that, like classic story. Yep. But I like kind of put it on the imprint of a son, like the actual son dying out and passing on its role to its son, which is a star and is young and doesn't feel ready, but he has it within him, you know? And was this ever performed? Yes, this was performed. So we had a, a sketch show. Um, so it was a class. There was like six of us and we'd each write sketches every week. We'd have different assignments like... Um, and then we'd all read this, our different sketches, and we each had two sketches in the show. And this was one of mine. This was the first one I wrote in the class. And 
this is the one that ended up in the show. How is it performed? Like how how did you convey that these two characters are stars, sons? Yes. Yeah, like so, visually. So there was um, uh, two actresses that played um, Stuart and Skylar, and they like wore sunglasses, which was funny. And they were kind of like standing like as if they were in orbit, like in a line. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, we made like a large red sun out of like paper mache paper and like, you know, like a cardboard circle. And then we made a smaller one for the Skylar and they wore all black. Like they were in outer space. And like when he, um, when Stuart died, she like took like the sun part and she, it was like a lot of physicality there to be like blowing up and dying. (laughs) So it was super fun. Like, yeah, it was cool. It worked. It worked somehow. Yeah, there's a part of me that just didn't picture it. And then I remember that I have uh, friends here in Philadelphia that they did uh, a sketch where they made a sun costume. And it's so like, I guess I guess I just don't have imagination sometimes. No, it's that's what I love, too, because I feel like a lot of times I've been told when I'm writing, like, because I tend to go to the kind of outlandish way. Like, I think. Mm in this way (laughs) I don't know what it is but (laughs) so a lot of people tell me like we can't do this on a stage but like I think it's a good challenge and like there is ways to do it in in a simple way like we just used like you know a costume to really convey who they were and it was like very obvious so it was fun yeah because like uh, I was quickly like reading over this before uh, we start talking and I was like this would be a really cool little like animated piece like yeah oh my gosh that would be cool yes to do that (laughs) thank you josh i will (laughs) just learn how to animate now and yeah go for it i feel like i do have a friend that does animate so that's awesome um all right so tell me about what you were into growing up what made you laugh as a kid or as a teen what what were your comedy uh go-to's so a lot of things are coming to mind. Sure. Uh, number one, like Mrs. Doubtfire, that movie changed me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's in, like I'm able to admit it now, but um, I actually studied film in college, and okay. I had no idea that it's like it was like weird or embarrassing to say that my favorite movie was Mrs. Doubtfire because I'm supposed to say like. Yeah, oh, yeah. Alfred if, Hitchcock's yeah, Rear Window really school, moved me. Yeah, if Sorry, you're in the film school, no one's going to expect you to think Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, yeah. You're going to get like the hoity-toity, like the pretentious. Like, like exactly. It's fine. Exactly. So that's when I realized like, oh, shoot, this isn't like a cool thing to say. Oh, but like it really, like I can quote that movie, like the back of my hand. And I loved all the characters that Robin Williams would just pop into. And like, it was literally like, you know, like there's a scene where he, uh, the person on the phone's like, so what do you do? And he goes, I do voices. And he just like goes in all these voices and it literally kills me. And like, there's always like, every time I watch it to this day, I always find a new part that I love. So like Robin Williams is like a huge one for me. Like I just, I love his energy. He's crazy. He's big. He's like, physical he's i love it so yeah i I think 
I want to say Mrs. Doubtfire was probably my first was my first exposure to him too. Like really between that, between, between Doubtfire and Aladdin, like yep, they were probably the two, and, I, and I'm sure they were released like within a year of each other. But like they, yeah, they would probably be my first major Robin Williams because I definitely had it on VHS. I definitely watched it a ton. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those like I don't know if you ever get stuck in a buzzfeed hole and I, I saw something online the other day about like yeah sally field was totally right to be pissed about everything he did like <laughs> yeah like, there's there's so many things how is she the villain the in that movie right right which is yeah. fine but exactly but yeah, that, that is it's a fun movie for sure but it definitely isn't you know when you when you think of film student and you know <laughs> yeah those stereotypes you're oh, not expecting yeah. that to be the first thing yeah and it they were like uh so then i always had a backup i would say rear window by Hitchcock, <laughs> which i liked but it's kind of scary <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so that comes like immediately um nice. i do I, I like just tend to like gravitate towards like the big physical uh actors like jim carrey as well um growing up watching his movies um i loved all that um and then amanda Bynes, i loved um <laughs> and she, yeah, she has like the amanda show like and she was doing like like i actually revisited it with my roommate we were watching like different sketches from that show and like it's it's like a little it's like snl for kids i don't know yeah uh, she's come up a couple times in the last few people I've talked to. Amanda really? Bynes. Yeah, like, and maybe it is just an age thing where. Yeah. Um. It 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 definitely hit harder than I thought it did. Like, uh, was there specific characters of of, of the Amanda Show or all that that really like oh, stuck yeah. out to you? Um, dear Ashley, when she and um all that, she was like the sweet little like. Uh, naive girl like with pigtails it's like dear Ashley that's me dear Ashley and then like they would write her kind of like an ask Ashley column like ask her a question like um I'm upstairs and I need to get downstairs what should I do like something stupid and then mm-hmm. Amanda Bynes character would be like take the freaking stairs and she'd just like go off on the person and then she'd go back to like sweet and innocent and I like loved that so much hmm yeah I <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, like it knows a thing of where I know it exists and I know like a bit of the history around it I just have no like you know, I know Keenan and Kel were on all that, but I I couldn't tell you anything. Right. Like I've seen. Like I didn't know. Well, first off, I didn't have cable growing up, so like I didn't. I wasn't exposed to it at the age. Uh huh. And like my so the only thing I really knew was, you know, Keenan was in the Mighty Ducks, and then he was in Good Burger. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that's basically the extent of my all that knowledge. <laughs> yeah, there's and, so many good show. ones. Um. So, okay, so Amanda Show was, like, basically your first introduction to sketch comedy, I, I suppose, all yeah, that. Yeah, and all that, I would say. I feel like I was a little young, or maybe my parents didn't let me watch Saturday Night Live, or I didn't really, I wouldn't have gotten it, I don't think, at that age. Uh, mm. So, I think, like, I wanted to be Amanda Bynes. Uh, 
Uh, that's perfectly fine until until she now. Went off the deep end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, that's what makes it so sad because you know I even loved she's the man that was like her recent before she dropped off. Um, she's uh, what's that movie with Emma Stone? She's great in Easy A, I think it is. Oh I think yes, it's like, like where yeah. she plays like the the really puritanical. Yes, like she's she's fantastic in that. Like that has to be her last one then. And then she, you know, disappeared. And... No, it's crazy. It's like a flick of a switch. Yeah, and I think she's coming back ish. Or yeah, slowly. But yeah, good for her. Exactly. So, uh, I'm so, so glad I'm not a childhood star. You know. Yeah. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Thank goodness that didn't happen. <laughs> I wanted it to, but like it, it seems that the Mrs. Doubtfire kids are like the best, most well-adjusted child actors out there. Like that is a good point. Like they've really, at least from what I see from everything (laughs) Like that happened. We're this now. We're okay. Yeah, Uh, that's true. I, I think one of that, again, probably Buzzfeed situation. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Keith. He played Keith in the movie. I forget his real name. Yeah, Lauren's brother. What? Oh, yeah. what's his name? Uh, um, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. That one was uh, Matthew, I think. Yes, Matthew Lawrence. He said that like Robin told him like never get into drugs. He's like it really has messed with him. Like messed with Robin over the years, and he like really like told them like the kids on the show do not get involved. And he said it really stuck with him. So that could be part of it. I don't yeah, know. Robin would know. Robin would know. Yeah. Uh, so, what is your introduction to like Saturday Night Live and the more uh, mm-hmm. adult? Yeah. So, my dad is obsessed with all things comedy, but most like he loves Saturday Night Live. Like to this day, he DVRs all of them, and like he'll watch it, and he's like always in this pose, like, and he falls asleep to <laughs> watching it. <laughs> so. I feel like the Will Ferrell, the uh, obviously like Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig. Um, why am I blinking? I see everyone's face, and like now that I'm, uh, what? Okay, I'm like you know like, I loved that era, like the late '90s, um, early 2000s. I would mm-hmm. say would be, um, but. Yeah, Will Ferrell was a big one for me. I just loved every, like, I had his best of sketch and, like, and now um, as I, like, am learning more about comedy and as I started performing, uh, I was, oh, I was told by people I know, people I don't know at all, that I remind them so much of Gilda Radner. Like, that's something I've heard, like, you know, and so obviously I, like, dove into a Gilda Radner binge Mm -hmm. and I, like, um, like she's my absolute favorite, um, probably comedian. Uh, so uh, I ask everybody. Uh, I'm always curious. Favorite SNL cast member? Are, are we going with Gilda or are we going with Will? <gasps> I'm I'm gonna say Gilda for sure. I mean, she's okay. an original cast member, and I it is crazy how much I like feel like I align with her. Um, I just yeah, but oh man, that's hard to say favorite. Because I feel like the different eras, like there are so many, like more coming to my mind, like Chris Kattan and like um, Sherry O'Terry. Oh my goodness. Like 
I love so many. I feel like Chris Kattan gets forgotten. Uh, totally. Like, totally. Because he, he was one and two with Will Ferrell. Yeah. For those years that they were together. And like, just because Chris Kattan's first couple movies just didn't work. He, a lot of the movies didn't work. didn't though. get like, like, I don't know. I feel bad sometimes. Yeah. Like, I know he's not like desolate, like on a street somewhere, but like. I, there's something about him that I don't understand why it hasn't clicked as much as other people. Totally. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of um, cast members run into that. Like, they have such success on SNL, and then when they branch out and do their own thing, it just doesn't work in the same way. And it's like, it is really sad because they are so talented. And you're, it's just like, I don't, you can't explain why it works for some people and why it doesn't for others. And yeah. Yeah, just yeah. Hope that they find like the right role to really to do it. Yeah, and then okay, Debbie Downer. Why am I forgetting her real name right now? Rachel Dratch. Thank you. That's the one I'm like. I see her face in my mind. Why can't I say her name? Okay, Rachel Dratch. Um, yeah, it was just so cool too. Just so many strong women over the years, like to look up to and see succeed and be hilarious and be like, yeah, like. I can do it too. <laughs> yeah, the um, Saturday Night Live definitely doesn't have definitely has a much better track record with female performers now, like in the last twenty years than it did. Because I feel like if you, because I I totally nerded out on SNL, like watched all the documentaries and stuff where they said like those first five years, those three Gilda, Jane Curtin, and Lorraine Newman were yeah. stars and like they could do anything yeah and then the early 80s it kind of dips oh yeah like the it was like that five weird or five years of yeah, like the, lauren yeah, wasn't a part uh, of the show and like, the the next five years does pretty well with uh jan hooks nora dunn like those two really handle it for a decent amount of time yep and then it dips again and then that crew of Molly Shannon, Anna Gasteyer, and Sherry oh, Terry. How did I not say those two? Just, yes. you know, completely break out. And like, and I think, I forget who it was, but in one of the documentaries, I talked about like, well, yeah, because, well, females were just in the news more. So we had more things to do. Like, yeah. And, I, and when they said that, I was like, I can't imagine that like nothing was really, like nothing was really happening in the 90s or was it just that much of a boys club with. Adam Sandler and that you know that generation like totally I don't know so interesting yeah yeah SNL women have been killing it mm-hmm. um and Kate McKinnon okay, so, in the recent yeah, year uh, oh god currently she's, she's incredible uh, um so what's your introduction to like what comes first do you are you a writer or a performer first like um, what's your first step into getting into comedy like in my life yeah <laughs> Yeah. Or like right now. <laughs> yeah, right now. The first thing, the first thing you do, like, did you like act in high school? Were you like one of the theater kids? Were you like? Okay. Um. So I actually started. Perf- so I. Okay, I don't want to be like cliche. Like I performed my whole life. Like how I am. Like I. When I talk to people, I'm very like expressive and like even like though we're on a podcast right now or like we can't <laughs> see each other my arms are flying um 
Um, I'm very like, I have a very big and like, uh, I feel like I do characters just in like, when I talk to people and tell stories. So I feel like I didn't recognize that I was doing it. I always wanted to be an actress. I felt like scared to admit it. It's like the type of, I've kind of like pinpointed it after like thinking about it um, Mm -hmm. over the years, but it's like the type of thing where you don't want to fail at the thing that you love the most. So I was like, and I still struggle with that. Um, so acting has always been my number one performing. Uh, and I, that's why I went into film because I was like, well, you know, it's like the closest thing that isn't going into acting. So it's like, Oh, I can make movies and put myself in them. Like that was my mindset. And I was like, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, then after college, so I didn't actually in high school. I did cheerleading. I was I did lacrosse to random sports. Yeah. Um, I so I was more into sports in high school, and I actually didn't do theater, but I like always secretly wanted to, and I might regret that now. But also, no, trust the path, you know. And I feel like mm-hmm. I got stuff out of doing sports that has helped me with performing today, you know. Um. So then the minute I graduated college, I moved back home in Michigan and I signed up for an improv class at Go Comedy Improv Theater in Ferndale. And I was so scared. And I think the thing that inspired me to do it was, I I think it was Bossy Pants, um, Tina Fey talking about it in her book. Um, but also, I, I've always kind of gone towards the comedy route. Like, I don't mm. know what it is. Like, I... So that's why I was like, this sounds perfect. Like, it's just being a weirdo, making stuff up on the spot. Whose line is it anyway? You know, I was like, this sounds great. And I don't know. So I took classes. And after my first couple classes, I was like, this is the thing I was looking for my entire life, but didn't know I was looking for type thing. Like, I was like, this is it. Like, what? This exists? Holy crap. And like, did you know that com- did you know that Go Comedy existed? Like, did you have to like search it out or? Yeah, I did not know. I didn't know it existed. Actually, I think my dad told me about it. Like, he went to a show there and was like, "Oh, I I think they do classes there. You should sign up." And I was so scared. Oh, nice. And it was so cool too because like more than it got me my, you know, first steps to finally like performing regularly and really diving in the thing I've been wanting to do my whole life. Um, it also was like a great place to like meet so many people. Like I didn't expect after college to like meet a whole community of friends and like, you know, meet best friends at the, like that point in my life. I was just like, Oh, well, all my friends moved to different States and now I'm at home. What am I going to do? And then this thing came into my life and it, it, it just, it changed me completely. Um, Yeah. Um, you mentioned like, like, so you mentioned that like, it was more whose line, more short form improv, like training at that point. Uh, like what levels are there to go comedy? Like, is, did you ever get to the point of long form improv? Yeah. 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 So, um, intro one through four is all short form improv. And it's kind of like, just like, you know, like teach you like the different, um, rules or like good ways of going about it and different like ways to do character, you know, like just getting to like the mm-hmm. nitty gritty of like the different topic of the day of the class. It would be like learning through games and like then after intro four, then we got into different long forms and we uh, 
we got into long form and learned different forms. And um, yeah, so I am a long form and short form improviser, but yeah, I really like long form, but I like short form too. It's fun. But <laughs> How long do you do improv before you go to what? All right. What's the, the theater that you went to to do the sketch class? What's it called? The Planet Ant Theater. So Planet there's Ant? Much Planet Ant. Yes. Like the animal. So that okay. theater has been around the longest, um, about 20, 25 years, maybe now. Um, okay. And Second City was in Detroit, bef- like before Planet Ant and kind of what inspired Planet Ant to open was from the people who were performing at Second City Detroit and it closed down, um, which is unfortunate, but a lot of incredible talented people came from there um keegan michael key uh tim robinson who was also on snl and i also love and he is the funniest person ever um tim robinson uh, i don't know if you've seen it but uh netflix had a a series for sketch comedy called the characters oh my god yes tim robinson's episode dude was my favorite thing that year you need to see him improvise it is incredible his um on that episode, he does a thing about a pro wrestler <laughs> that like loses constantly and has to build up the next match. It is legitimately, it makes me laugh harder than anything else I saw that year. I love it to pieces. Yeah. Like it's such a it's such a dumb, stupid character, but I love it so like yeah, so Tim Robinson is I'm Yeah, I'm on board. Sam, you know, they did the show Detroiters. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool and they filmed everything in Detroit, which was awesome. And so oh, nice. my friends, local talent in Detroit were featured in the show and, you know, they, they gave back and Mark Evan Jackson's another one. Yep. Um, Margaret Edward Towski, um, Nancy Hayden, Jamie Moyer, they're like Mary Beth Monroe. Like there's so many incredible, um, which is very inspiring too, that, you know, they all are, got their start in Detroit and they're doing it now. And yeah. So sorry. I, I totally got out of cat track. Yeah. Uh, how long between the first improv class and the first sketch class for you? Um, so probably uh, 2013 is when I did improv for the first time. I took my first class in October of 2013. And then I, I did sketch um, 2015. Yeah. So, uh, January, so I guess a couple of years. Okay. Uh, do you have a preference at this point, one or the other, between improv and sketch? Um, man, I mean, I feel like it's also it's so different. I love so improv is amazing because you just you you don't know what's gonna like come up and like I feel like it's such a cool discovery with characters and scenes that you could never dream up but then there's something about sketch where you really know what character you're playing so you're really able to fully act which I feel like I really enjoy because that's like oh I can really dive into this character I'm not like figuring it out as I'm talking I'm like I know who this son is this angsty son that doesn't want to be a son Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and it's it's fun to be like you know in costume and um yeah and 
yeah, uh, scripted is, I guess, I, uh, I guess I would say scripted, but I've definitely done more improv in my life than. Okay. But yeah. Uh, so what kind of teams are like, are you doing, what performing are you doing in Detroit at that time? At that time. So yeah. I, it was really cool because it, it's kind of like when I start t- taking classes, I graduated um, their pro- Go Comedies program. And it was like, you know, I dove in head first and suddenly was either rehearsing or performing every night. Um, I did a lot of awesome shows. Um, the Parent Trap Lord of the Twins trilogy is a show that you interviewed Julia Schroeder and James Quesada. Um, well, you didn't interview James, but yeah. <laughs> James directs and Julia co-star and um, co-stars in the show with me. And we all three wrote it. And that is the show that like, I feel most represents our voice and like, for me, like that's the show that I'm a part of that I feel like represents me the most and my performing style, how I write, how I think, how I perform. And, and it's something that about the parent trap, it's just something we both love. So it was totally like a show born out of love and we totally a hundred percent did it with no, like, oh, we got to get to A, B, and C, and this will get us exposed here, and we'll take it to New York. Like, oh, my God, no. We were literally in a lobby, and we were, like, quoting it constantly. Like, how much we both, like, it's kind of like my Mrs. Doubtfire. The Parent Trap is, like, another movie that, like, you just quote, and it's nostalgic because everyone knows that movie. And um, and then James Quesada, our director and really good friend, um, he directs um, and has done forensics theater, which is done in high schools. Um, it's kind of like a theater type of style. And we both really wanted to, we were so intrigued by it when he would talk about it. And he's also a judge too. So he's like very, he knows he's like the forensics master so we mm-hmm. approached him and we were like we want to do a show in it we think it would be really cool to do it in forensics style theater and which is like you know it fits in the category of like comedy and sketch and like writing our own show but it's kind of like a little it's like a blend of all these types of doing shows like our, our show definitely has like a lot of like jokes and funny and characters and storytelling I feel like it's kind of like a mix of everything so that show I'm like extremely proud of um and it was born in a variety show in Detroit it's called the Matt Nas Variety Show and um the acts would range from singing to people doing sketches or someone playing a didgeridoo so it's like such a eclectic group of sketches I guess or uh acts in a variety show and we debuted so there's three parts in our show we debuted each part at the Matt and I's variety show and it was such a perfect way because we kind of had a built-in audience with their show so then like people would be like oh I'm excited for the next part you know we'd leave them on the edge of their seat and it was awesome and then we did all three parts in a row and from there um we performed it in Detroit and then James and Julia moved out to New York and then 
I moved out here now and we perform it out here, which is really cool. And we, the beauty of being in New York is we contacted via social media Elaine Hendricks, who plays Meredith Blake in the 1998 version of the Parish. Yeah, I saw the video on the 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 Facebook page for the show about her being there, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah. that's it was." How does that happen? Like insane. It was like one of those things where it's like you were on my television my whole childhood, and now you're in front of me. Type of thing. Yeah. It's like she was so cool. Like she came on a Friday night. She. Uh, commented on one of our posts like for your 411 I'll be there on Friday and we were like still like maybe she won't show and she was there and everyone in the audience knew she was there like she wasn't hiding it which was cool like you know she was very like she was leaning into it you know she had fun with it it's good yeah it's it's definitely a positive that she's leaning into it because I I can imagine that if she was there you know cross-armed stern-faced like Yes, exactly. Like looking angry about it, like it could totally kill the vibe of whatever you're trying to do. Yes, like which would be my, which would be my fear. Like she could be like, put me in the back with my hood up and don't let anyone see me or whatever. But she, she was totally all about it, and it was cool because obviously she's like the villain in the show, uh, in like the movie. Mm-hmm. So in our show, like every time we would like say anything bad about her character. <laughs> she was like <gasps> you know like and everyone could hear her and it was just like this magic energy in the room like that's what's so awesome about live theater is like we can do the same show over and over and over but it's never the same show ever right and like with her in the room it was like such a cool and then like julia who's like a pro she like like our show is very much scripted like everything is choreographed like every move we make every like you know, it's very quick. Like I talk, she talks, I talk, she talks. And she, when we had those moments of like, I was like, um, she looks like workout Barbie plastic from head to toe, which it's about her character, but we probably should have changed that. (laughs) Um, and Julia's like, but we loved you so much. And we watched you like when we were little, like she like broke, (laughs) she like departed from the sketch or the script and like perfectly like looked at her specifically and was like, but we love you know that this is just us talking about your character. And then we jumped right back (laughs) in and it was flawless. And like, she did that twice and it was so cool and it was just so magical. So I feel like we've gotten a lot of like awesome satisfaction out of doing it. And like, it feels so good and it's still growing to this day. Like we want to keep submitting it to festivals and stuff. And we performed at the New York sketch fest, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah, I still need to see Act Three. So, oh my gosh, yes! I, you only get I, I to see to the time only allowed for one or two. Again. Um, tell me about the move from Detroit to New York. Yeah. So, like, I, what what started that? What? Why make that move? Yeah. So, my entire life, I've wanted to be an actress. Like, my my dream and my goal is to be a professional working actress. Um. And again, I was very active in the Detroit community and I'm so lucky that because it's a smaller community, I was able to gain a lot of experience really fast. Um, You know, I was able to assistant direct different shows. Um, I was in quite a few sketch shows that I also was a part of the writing process for writing the sketches. I did a political sketch show called Wet Hot American Bummer. 
I did <laughs> um, a musical sketch review called Now That's What I Call a Show About Music. Um, so it was like a lot of different types of sketch um, writing that I did in Detroit. And I also love musical theater. Um, I did Rocky Horror, um, the Rocky Horror Show at the Ringwald Theater in Ferndale. And I did Merrily We Roll Along there too. Two completely different musicals, Sondheim and... Um, I forget who wrote Rocky. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I. Oh, uh, um, Richard O'Brien. Thank you. You're so good. Yeah, he plays. He plays Riff Raff. So yes. That's how it's easy to remember. Exactly. What role did you do in Rocky Horror? I was Columbia. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the actual like live stage show of it. Oh man. I've only ever seen the movie and the shadow cast that they do with the movie, which is a completely different. I would recommend it. Experience of performing. It's super fun. And I feel like because it's been done so many times, like there's so many different ways to do it and people take liberties and it's just a crazy show. Mm. So I feel like I was at this point where I'm like, I want to, there's still so much I can do here. Like I'm totally like not reached my peak in Detroit by any means, but I also like have this, Like, I just wanted to make it a reality of, like, being a working actress. And there isn't that many, like, a lot of the stuff I did in Detroit for free or for very little. And that's not why I do it. You know, I do it because I love it. But, like, the dream would be to get cast in shows that I could get paid for and do it for a living. So that's when I kind of made that choice of, like, of course, I'm still going to, like, come back and do stuff in Detroit. And I have since I've moved. And I will this Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, I was just like, I gotta, I've always wanted to make this move. And like, for so long, I was trying to figure out what coast, like California or New York or Chicago. And I kind of, James and Julia moved to New York before us and me and my current roommate now, her name's Katie. She is um, a writer and performer, but writer, um, she wants to be a writer. That's her dream. And so like, we both moved out together. And so it was kind of perfect. Like we, we did it together and I chose New York because, uh, you know, the live theater is what I love the most. And I feel like there's so many different live theaters in New York, like to put up your own, our own shows and also to audition. So that's what kind of made the, the choice for me. And I didn't realize like the move itself would be a lot. <laughs> Like, oh, everything's different here. Um, You know, public transportation and grocery shopping and everything. Like, life is completely done different in New York. So I feel like that's been a lot to get used to. But I'm so blessed to have the parent trap, which is something that we were able. It's all like perfectly a package show that we did in Detroit. So we were able to do since me and Julia both live here and James lives here like we were all able to just put that show up right away and because there's so many stages we were able to so and it was helpful to be able to like not feel like I'm not from here like just feel comfortable and like performing right away and um, I'm also taking improv classes out here and trying to figure out how auditions work (laughs) (laughs) there must be there's definitely comfort in having a show in your pocket with a friend that you know has also moved to this new town. So, what was your first step of performing? Because, like, uh, you know, everyone says that one of the 
the tricky parts about uh especially being an improv person is that like oh i've taken all these classes here in this city but if i go to this city they don't count yeah like yeah do you have to, so uh what's your first step of pursuing improv in new york so that was a hard realization especially because i mean i'm always down to keep learning and taking classes i never think i'm like too good for them by any means but it's expensive <laughs> So that was hard, especially because I've been like performing for five years uh, with improv in Detroit that it's like kind of hard to be like, all right, I'm going to pay $520 or how much it is for a level one class. You know what I mean? Uh, So but that is like kind of I always want improv to be in my life. um, And it isn't something that is a moneymaker even out here, you know, so it's like I kind of have had these moments of like, is this worth like doing like I can just improvise with like a troupe or something but I have decided I took musical improv level one at the magnet theater and I am going to take musical improv level two and I took level one at regular improv at UCB uh recently so I think I'm gonna finish out the musical improv program uh, like who were your instructors? So for I'm always curious about like instructors, especially if they're people that are names I would sure. recognize. Or so Catherine Muden was my teacher for level one at UCB. I absolutely loved her. She is amazing. She's an improvised Seinfeld, and she's in another show too okay. um, at UCB. And she's um, made appearances in Broad City. Like she's been in shows and. She's awesome. Like I loved learning from her too. So that made nice. like going back to intro one and paying all that money, like really worth it. Cause she was an awesome teacher. <laughs> and then. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing. Like if you're going to, you, you really have to like hold out hope that it's a good experience. Totally. Like if you do your first class at UCB and it totally bombs out for you, it's such a bummer of like, totally. I already, I already have this baseline of everything I, you know, I've, I've done before. Yes. And you're making me start over and it's just ugh, like, yeah, yeah, it's totally hard. And I feel like I'm still struggling with that. I might, cause I might take, there's, they have character um, classes at UCB and I saw their character welcome show before and it is amazing. It's like, that would be mm. like my dream show to perform in at UCB. Cause it's just doing characters and like, Oh, like all the characters range from like, I remember when I saw it, there was this guy who, like, was the pilot in, um, oh, what's that dinosaur movie? Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. He, he his character was the pilot of Jurassic Park. Like, oh, let's hear his story. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just so yeah. cool. So I'm, I might go that route, and then I'm going to finish musical improv at the Magnet, and then my teacher for level one. Uh, was Annie Moore at for musical improv at the Magnet, but she was also incredible, and she's like an illustrator and so talented. And yeah, it's it's amazing. Like the teachers out here, that is like also what makes it worth going back to classes too. Is because and even like Catherine at UCB, she was saying like, oh, um, oh my god, you're gonna be what's his. What's his name? Um, Drunk Uncle <laughs> SNL. <laughs> See, we're a good team. I just say the character and you say their name. 
<laughs> yeah. So she was taught by Bobby Moynihan, and it's just like, oh, casual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The there is a pipeline of UCB where like uh, the idea of the comedy tree, like you know, the generations of UCB have definitely been interesting enough, like to you know go back and think about like you know Nick Kroll or Paul Shear and Jason Manzuka's doing stuff to the next generation, next generation like that. Like, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a bonus of the UCB system. Yes. I think. And I will say too, I have to say this. Um, one thing that I was like, which was inspiring, but also is like, is the Detroit community is extremely talented. Like the improv, like some of the people there, I'm like, Oh shoot. Like Lauren needs to come out here. Lauren Michaels. He needs to see like, the talent in Detroit is so good. And um, it was that also made it like make me feel better coming out here is when I was watching the shows, like still extremely talented people in New York. But I wasn't like, oh, this is an unattainable type thing. So that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so musical improv. Yes. Uh, two things that totally terrify me. what is the draw like of having to the flex two different muscles of music and improv at the same time like there's like i i can definitely say that i like musical improv more than regular improv (laughs) um i think i don't know if it's just because i like i don't i feel more comfortable doing that than regular improv and i don't know if it's like there's something about when like the music's playing which the music is also like they're all improvising that like everything is improvised and it's like when you have like music already makes like your soul happy and like you know and it everyone is just like the energy that comes when like the music starts playing alone and then you add like these made-up songs on the spot and like Again, I'm a very physical player, so um, and I took dance, and I was a cheerleader. So, being able to improvise dance to improvise music is probably one of my favorite things in this world. Okay, it's <laughs> just really random, and I figured that out. I was like, if there's like an improvised dancing show, I need to be in it or create it somehow, and I'm sure there is. Um, oh, I'm sure, but it's just like when the music hits your soul you just start going and I feel like you I mean you can't think in either type of improv but like when like the song starts you just have to start singing and you really can't think you don't have time and I think sometimes it's like with regular improv it's it's easy to get in your head for any kind of performing in the world but you know it's like uh think overthinking what to say or do um can happen in either one but i feel like that completely lets go for me in musical improv um Uh, are you pursuing any sketch work in new york city at the moment so um the people i mentioned james julia katie and i uh we had a process going where we wanted to create sketch videos so Mm -hmm. for the month of september we had different assignments like from uh like pitching ideas for sketches which was like really helpful we um me and julia wanted to focus on acting more so we would like write like 
um, nine character duos, nine characters that we would want to do in general, like individually. And like, so we wrote out all these characters and then combined, I think we all wrote like over 20 sketches, like throughout this process of like doing assignments and like reading sketches and doing rewrites. And we ended up filming two of the sketches so far, but, um, that's been fun just like writing on our own. And, um, I've also just been like, from being in a new city and like experiencing new things, just <laughs> writing um, different nuggets that I think would be fun, either as characters or um, sketch ideas. And another thing that we did too, which was kind of a while ago now, but we did a 30 day challenge of different characters and we would post on Facebook, like little clips of these characters. And it was like, an awesome exercise, also embarrassing because posting it public, but <laughs> yeah, sure. but it was like cool because it's like, oh my God, I have to come up with this character today and I have to post it. And so we, me, Julia and James did that 30 day challenge and other people in Detroit did it too. And it was like, that was cool too. So um, I would love to maybe perform. We've talked about like what we're going to do with these sketches. So we kind of have these sketches right now and we're kind of figuring out like, do we want to put them on stage? Do we want to do videos? So it was cool to like have that writing process though, coming into moving to just like, I was like going from rehearsing and performing every day to nothing and starting over. And that was like really hard. Yeah. And it still is because it's not as frequent as it was. In Detroit. The two that you had filmed, are they out? Like, are they uh, online? One is on YouTube. Okay. Oh, there is another. Uh, oh, I guess I could tell you what it's called. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's called Hold'em. And it's under James Quesada's YouTube page. Um, okay. So if you want to find it. It was super I'm gonna fun. I'm going to search. Yeah. <laughs> and there's another sketch we did in Michigan right or before we moved it's called the Trump wives and uh it was a parody um off the Schuyler sisters from Hamilton the musical written by Katie McGraw um well she wrote the parody Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the actual thing. yeah sure. <laughs> um, that's okay and we we did like, it was cool because we had like every person we asked to like shoot to record the song to it was one of those beautiful things where it's like all the stars aligned and like we all just like worked on this passion project and it we got a lot of hits on youtube it was like really cool nice so that was like a cool success story of like creating a video and putting it live and yeah but i would love to do more like videos because you know, it's nice to have like, oh, I can show you what I've done. Here's this awesome video because live theater doesn't really translate as well on film. No, it does not. <laughs> so I'm like, shoot, <laughs> that's like all I do. And I want to show you what I can do. Crap. <laughs> uh, I ask everybody, um, and you've been doing improv, you've been writing, uh, you have that show in the back pocket for with the parent trap. Um, what's something that you've learned from comedy that you would pass on to someone that's new to the game? Um, okay. So someone was like pursuing comedy or. You know, it's like someone that's walking into like a first sketch writing class or a first improv class more sketch class. Okay. Cause I like sketch better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I would say my advice is 
don't be so hard on yourself. Like, you're, it is good to fail. I, failing is a beautiful thing and it sucks, but it's awesome. You get so much more out of like a sketch bombing and you learning from it than like all of your sex or sketches succeeding and, and not being afraid to rewrite and change things and like save every draft. <laughs> Cause you might want to go back to that first thing. And then you're like, Oh, and that happens a lot in like Google drive. It's so easy to just like type over stuff. Absolutely. Like that is something Huge. that no one has ever said on this podcast, <laughs> but I am a full proponent. <laughs> It's huge. It's like the worst. Saving every draft. Every draft. Oh, and put the date. And do not delete anything. Like, even if you think this is stupid, this sucks, you're going to look back. Like, even with this, like, you asking me to, like, go find, like, my first sketch, I was, like, going through, like, a lot of my old ones. And I, it's crazy when you're, like, separated from, like, what you've written. And not even in, like, a bad way. I was just, like, I don't even recognize. Like, I wrote that? Like, that's where how did I think of that or like it's so cool it's so awesome to go back and like just see how much you've grown always write the date on your sketches and like your versions um like and stay organized with that um and always have a notebook on you um I always have a mini notebook in my purse and I'm always like writing like little nuggets whether it's a character or like a funny moment or like if you Another thing is, it's like when if someone laughs at something that you say or do or like you talk about, like that, it they're not like just laughing to make you feel better. Like it's usually like a cool little moment. So like write it down, and it could become something later. So I would say like be true. Like it's always great to have people that you look up to and like people you want to aspire to be. But I think the most special and unique sketches are the ones that are like in your own voice and mm-hmm. don't be afraid to sound different and write a sketch about suns in a solar system. Cause it can happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and finally, uh, uh, so you've moved to New York to pursue acting as a career. Yes. Uh, but you've mentioned that comedy is what draws you more than dramatic. Totally. What, why comedy? Why is this how you want to spend your life? So, uh, there's not like, I feel like my, oh, this is going to sound, like, weird. My, like, what's the word? Like, mission on this earth or, like, you know, like, why I'm here, I think is to, like, make people feel better and, like, make them smile. Like, I I don't do this on purpose, but I feel like, like, the mundane, like, making something like doing laundry fun with a friend or, you know, so I just feel like making people smile and making people feel better. Like my favorite part of being in a show is like, you know, when you're backstage and you're watching like your castmates on stage and you look at the audience and like seeing everyone smile and like be taken away from like the stresses of everyday life just for like those few minutes and like to laugh and like, you know, and I just feel like it's such a healing power that it like it's it can heal the world and I think there's a lot of hard shit that people go through and um comedy is it's helped me a lot in life and I think it helps other people and if my weirdness can make someone smile and me just being a weirdo can you know like you can leave it at the door 
whatever the stresses of that day and just make someone feel better. And I feel like that's like my service. That's how I kind of like to look at it. Like that's what I'm here to do. (laughs) That's perfectly reasonable. Like, yeah, that's fine by me. (laughs) But yeah, I like making people laugh. It's fun. And just being silly and being a kid again, you know, I feel like in this adult world and that's what I loved about the improv community and sketch like is you know we're all like every day go to work do all these things that we have to do and like in those moments like we can just play and be silly and be creative and it's just such a fun outlet and it's it's just fun makes life fun yeah the idea that um I believe improv always uh champions the idea of play like is definitely helpful yeah and there's just so many things we can poke at in life and see the the lighter side of it yep all right thanks nicole thank you so much this was awesome Nicole and her partner, future guests on the podcast, Julia Schroeder, will present The Parent Trap, The Lord of the Twins Trilogy in New York City at the Magnet Theater on January 3rd at 8.30 p.m. Tickets are available at magnettheater.com. And check out facebook.com slash parenttraptrilogy and give it a like. And if you head to myfirstsketch.com, I've embedded some of the videos that we talked about if you want to check them out. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketch Fest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The Twitter handle is phlsketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like My First Sketch on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. Hey, and Happy New Year.